0: Okay, almost time for the show. We'll get right into it after this quick break.
1: You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. Meet RentApp,
0: the seamless, secure, free way to collect rent. Built by a team of fintech veterans behind Square and Cash App, RentApp uses ACH bank transfers to deposit funds directly into your account.
1: Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.
0: You're making a mistake if you're not adding contingencies to your rehab budgets by Andrew Sirios, I've been investing in real estate since 2005, and to this day, I have yet to hear any other investor say, write, or even hint at anything that resembles this. You know... I have this problem where I'm just budgeting too much for rehabs. I end up borrowing more than I need, and I'm probably missing out on deals because my rehab budgets are just too big. I just always seem to come in under budget, Dad. dadgummit. I've gotten better and better at hitting budgets since I started. But I still go over more often than not, and I don't like to admit that. And very rarely do I come in under. So, from what I've experienced and heard about... Mistakes are not made evenly in both directions when it comes to rehab budgets. We are biased heavily toward under-budgeting for rehab expenses. Indeed, we are biased toward under-budgeting in general, aren't we? Why rehab budgets are generally too low? Let's take a look at that. So there's a large number of things that often go unaccounted for, partially by newbies, but also by more seasoned investors. When estimating a rehab budget, One of the big ones is holding costs. If they are even remembered in the first place, investors often assume that the project will go along speedily and there won't be any delays. Unfortunately, that's often not the case. Perhaps the contractor can't start on time or is slower than expected. (laughs) Or maybe you even need to replace them midway through the job. Or maybe there's a permit issue and the city holds up construction. Hate it. Why do we do this? There is one issue on a duplex that took us nine months to resolve. Uh, I don't even want to think about it. Or there are supply chain issues causing back orders on parts. Remember those days? On a small commercial property, we have been waiting for a thousand-amp meter bank for almost a year now because of the stinking supply chain. This has become more common of late, particularly with electrical equipment. We've also had situations where we've prioritized smaller projects we could finish quicker and left all the big ones sitting for far longer than originally anticipated. Properties also sometimes take longer to sell or lease than expected. The multiple offers on day one that Flippers got used to in 2021 no longer here. <laughs> Therefore, any investor using financing will have substantially more debt payments. And then there are all those taxes, insurance, and utilities, etc. The next problem is that we often underestimate the cost by using old numbers. With higher inflation these days, it's not uncommon for investors to use wildly outdated estimates when putting together an estimate. This has been particularly true for HVAC. For example, Samantha Lyle notes regarding HVAC last year, some HVAC manufacturers have announced increases as much as 38% while it's not unusual to see increases ranging from 3 to 20% higher than 2020 levels. Next up are the Punch-Out items. Oh, I only wish we were talking about Mike Tyson's Punch-Out from the late 80s. Nintendo, remember? I sure do. Love that game. Anyway, these Punch-Out items are almost always undercounted. This can include things like trim, blinds, screens, outlet covers, light bulbs, doorknobs, closet poles and shelves, cabinet poles, splash blocks, bark mulch, (laughs) etc., 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 as well as a deep clean. Throwing a thousand bucks for all that often seems sufficient, but it usually costs more. The big ones, however, are unforeseen items. Oftentimes, various parts of a home function when tested but will fail under a load, or in other words, with consistent use. So we find this problem with HVAC and supply lines and from time to time with appliances. Then there are things you can't see. The sewer line being broken or hopelessly filled with roots and offsets is a common one. Pro tip, scoping your sewer line during due diligence is highly recommended, please do it. Once you open up a wall, there's always a potential for problems. There could also be galvanized plumbing or knob and tube wiring in the walls that need replacing. Or there could be termite damage or rot that was missed because it was behind a wall or under a floorboard. You could also find you're dealing with lath and plaster instead of drywall, common in older homes, and much more time-intensive to repair. Trust me. Every seasoned investor has stories of rehab budgets that have been wrecked they would be unhappy to tell. I even wrote an article a while back, you can see at biggerpockets.com, about a project of ours that went sideways, which is a good illustration of what can be missed for those interested. <laughs> I missed that the cabinets were garbage, the electrical in the finished basement didn't work, and I falsely believed the HVAC had life in it, amongst a few other things. I had budgeted 34800 bucks. The total price came in, At $57,498. And I've heard of even worse than that. Of course, many of these problems can be found beforehand with thorough due diligence, but you must assume that you are likely going to miss something. And there's also a trade off due diligence takes time and energy, of which you only have so much, remember? Doing infinite due diligence is not advisable, it should be thorough but within reason. If you want to find out more about budgeting rehab expenses, Jason Scott wrote this incredible book called The Book on Estimating Rehab Costs. Great title. A few noteworthy examples of this phenomenon. Let's check this out. So if this wasn't convincing enough, it might be helpful to go ahead and zoom out a little bit and look at some illustrative examples to make the point there is a litany of historical instances of budgets not simply being exceeded, but being completely blown apart. A few include the famous Sydney Opera House was budgeted to cost $7 million and take just a few years to build. It ended up taking 14 years and costing a cool $102 million. Just a little bit over budget by like, you know, a barely noticeable 1,357%. Not bad. The Scottish Parliament building was budgeted at 50 million pounds in 1998 before climbing to 190, then 260, then 375, and finally settling in at 414.4 million in 2007. The 1963 film Cleopatra Remember that one? It was originally budgeted at $2 million, which was a lot of money back then. But by the time it was all said and done, the cost came in at $44 million and almost bankrupted 20th Century Fox despite being the highest-grossing picture of that year. The Sochi Olympics, budgeted at $7 billion, but came in at $52 billion, although it should probably be noted that a large amount of that cost came in the form of kickbacks and embezzlements. In 1966, the House Ways and Means Committee estimated that by 1990, Medicare would cost $12 billion, adjusted for inflation, instead cost $107 billion. The James Webb Space Telescope is an incredible achievement, but as its Wikipedia entry shows, and we all know how truthful Wikipedia is, In both time and money, it went way over budget. And this goes for just about everything, not just those really big projects. Daniel Kahneman quotes two studies in his great book, Thinking Fast and Slow, that are pretty emblematic of this phenomenon. A 2005 study of rail projects concluded that, on average, planners overestimated the number of people who would use the new rail system by 106 percent, and underestimated the cost to build it by 45 percent. A study of American homeowners who had remodeled their kitchens found that the average person expected to pay a little over 18 k, but ended up spending over 38 thousand dollars. Now, sure, there are examples of coming in on time and under budget, although not as many as you might think. One study from KPMG found that only one-third of building contractors' projects came within 10% of their budget. But moreover, there are virtually no examples in the opposite direction. (laughs) So here's a quick example, too. I just Googled projects that came in most under budget, and I got nothing. All the articles that I got were the worst over-budget projects, so. Yeah, this is a one-way problem for sure. Historically, going over-budget is a much more common problem than budgeting too much. Indeed, being overly optimistic is a historical norm. Many on both sides of World War I thought, the war will be over by Christmas. And commentator Bill Kristol, like many others, infamously predicted the Iraq War would be, eh, like two months. Rosy predictions are par for the course realism ain't remember the famous quote from uncle frank in home alone oh you be positive i'll be realistic so when it comes to real estate investing there are three big tips to make when it comes to real estate investing but the first is simply to embrace the undeniable reality that there is a systemic bias in favor of underestimating rehab budgets please accept the fact that you will likely spend more on rehab than you originally anticipated. You need to accept that truth to be able to address this problem and accurately analyze deals. Once you have accepted that, there are three things you should do. One, make due diligence a priority. Sure, don't go overboard, but thorough due diligence will catch many of the unanticipated costs that tend to blow up rehab budgets. Two, add a contingency. We put in a 20% contingency for unexpected expenses, which could range from a furnace failing to a delay in getting the project started, all of that stuff. You might put in less or more, but I would always add a contingency to any budget. Number three, review each project. It's often tempting to just move on to the next one, next thing once a job is done. But this is even more true when it comes to projects that go badly. We really don't want to think about such things. Mm-mm. It's important to fight this temptation. Analyzing how far off your budget was from the actual expenses, and even more importantly, why you are off, is essential to improving your ability to estimate rehab projects accurately. Indeed, in the book, Thinking Fast and Slow, which we quoted earlier, Daniel Kahneman found that the best way to estimate a project's costs is by looking at similar projects in the past and using them as a guidepost. With proper due diligence and a contingency, you should be able to stay in the ballpark of your budget. And if you hone your budgets over time by comparing them to the actuals, you should get pretty close to that on-time and under-budget goal we all strive for. But don't ever get complacent. It's easy to fall back into the habit of underestimating rehab costs because, if nothing else, you're almost certainly not going to overestimate them. I hope you enjoyed today's article. Remember, you can find thousands more like it at biggerpockets.com slash blog. And for another fresh perspective on real estate investing, join me again right here tomorrow. Ta-ta!